Hey y'all, this is Ledge, and before we get to this episode, I want to tell you a quick story. I remember when we were contacted by one of the top video fitness apps in the United States, and they were doing a total rebuild, and they wanted to do that with our engineers. So we set that up, and we've been at it for two years with 10 different team members in every possible skill set from design to product management to scrum master to development. And it's been a really exciting journey where we are completely in charge of staffing that entire team for them. That's not a common scenario, but it just gives you an idea of the reach that we can bring to the table, you know, time and time again for mobile apps and for web apps and for design. And I think that's really one of the strengths of the huge bench of talent that we bring to the table. Now for our episode. This is the Frontier Podcast powered by Gun.io, the engineer's choice for engineering talent. If you like what you hear, rate, review, and subscribe, and follow us on Twitter at The Frontier Pod. Well, John, John, and Clayton, welcome. We have the entire bench strength of the Six Figure Developer Podcast right here on our show. John Calloway, why don't you give a little intro of what you guys do? So everybody can hop right off this show and go grab yours also. Sure thing. Glad to be here. Uh, so the Six Figure Developer Podcast, uh, it's a podcast show dedicated to helping developers to grow their career. So we talk about new and exciting technologies, clean code, career advancement, um, all the latest and greatest. And we typically have on guests ranging from uh, you know junior developers all the way through industry experts um, talking about their experience in, in the industry. And then sometimes we have just uh, kind of a, a random collection of, of thoughts amongst the, the three of us on, on various episodes. And I have invited you here to share a random collection of thoughts on our episode as well. <laughs> I don't know, John Ash, man, I want you, want you kick it off, you know, tell us your favorite things about what you learned on the podcast and, uh, you know, what you're working on these days. Yeah. So, um, I would say, you know, for for what I what, well, let me give just a little intro to who I am. Um, I kind of started. Uh, I, I started as an aerospace engineer. Actually, going to school for aerospace engineering, and then got got interested in computers. Um, and I started building websites and whatnot. And um, long story long, dropped out of school twice, uh, and then ended up sort of becoming. Uh, sort of, you, you know, studying self self taught, uh, and and found my way um, under under um, the tutelage of John Calloway uh, for 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 one, um, and uh, sort of en- ended up in the industry uh, and have worked my tail end off to try to become a pretty pretty successful uh, developer. So, uh, what I do these days is um, I do anything. Like consulting and um, anything .NET related, I've I've been actually leaning a little bit more towards DevOps recently. Um, but yeah, I mean one of, one one of the things that I really that I would say that that has stood out from all the different people we've we've talked about or talked to uh, would would be the, the commonality of that story. I I I really felt like my sort of um, story of of me pulling myself up by by bootstraps and learning this myself and figuring things out and just sort of delving into what was sort of more of a passion um and a hobby of mine and turning it into something that is career uh i thought that was actually more unique 
uh, at the begin towards the beginning of my career. As it turns out, I think there's a lot more of that going on than than uh, than I even realized. So that was probably one of the big yeah. things that I've picked up. Yeah, we um, for a while I asked, you know, I don't know, fifty something CTOs, you know, what was the most important thing when they were hiring engineers, and, and like passion came up on a list all the time, and I'd have to be like, you know, what, what does that mean? You know, you you can't check that off on the box. Clayton, what's your story, man? Apart on the mic. Yeah, sorry. I didn't hear anything he said. So, um, <laughs> uh, as, uh, can I get the uh, the prompt again? Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> oh yeah, what's your you know what's your story and uh, you know the biggest learnings I guess you know from from the podcast and all the the interviews that. That you guys have done you know what what stands out as the the key areas that have really made an impact for you uh a lot of the uh topics that we talk about are centered around professionalism and career advancement and so when we get someone on who's been uh, almost a hero to me in my career uh, like uncle bob or john sonmez or mike cone some of those um getting their insight has been extremely valuable in uh, dealing with some of the issues that I've had at work and moving forward, pushing past those. And uh, a couple times I've even gotten a, uh, a check from, from them, you know, like, Hey, calm down. You're, <laughs> I mean, they didn't say it that way, but you know, like sometimes I'm taking things too seriously and speaking with them lets me understand that. And I can take a step back and kind of recenter myself. Um, I have found those situations to be extremely helpful. Callaway, I'll, I'll kick it back to you, man. Finish up lessons learned here. I mean, you guys are coming up on 100 episodes, and that's a lot of badass developers you know, that you've talked to. So I'm, I, I need to know, man, the summaries of, of wisdom. Yeah, I think both of what, what Clayton and Ash were talking about is, is there are common threads about the, the people in our, our industry, those that, that have the passion, that have the drive, that have the expertise that they've gained through through their own knowledge through lots and lots of studying whether it be um in in terms of of a college or university or just on their own and uh in the community you know everyone that we've spoken to seems to share that passion and and is constantly learning new technologies uh new skills and and going out into the community and sharing those, those, that, that same passion with, with other individuals. I have, when I've asked that question about who, or what is the most important thing when you're hiring passions always on the list, um, a disposition for problem solving, sort of like an innate problem solver type of mindset. And also like a love of learning, you know, that, that, that comes up all the time as well. And we're always struck, you know, and every time I ask the question, it's sort of like, yeah, they need to code, you know, and <laughs> here's all the things that we look for. And another one is, is like cultural fit, you know, which I always wonder, you know, what people mean by that, because we've all worked in, in different cultures. And another thing I wonder is like, you know, 
all those things that we mentioned there certainly can't be distinct just for engineering jobs. Like that just sounds like a good human, you know, that you want to work with, right? So, you know, but we also know that there are different things about being engineers and like the engineering mindset. And I don't know, you know, I don't know if any of that resonates with you guys. It's like, there's something different about this. It's not like anybody can just do it. Um, yet the way that everybody describes it sounds just to me like, Hey, let's just, you know, we just want to hire the best all around people. Um, Ash, I'll kick it back to you, man. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, well, so one, one thing is I, I, I like to joke around, like you know, if uh, if the amount of code that you could put down on a page uh, really mattered, we would be giving typing as one of the uh, elements of a of an interview, right? Right? Like, uh, you know, so I I, I think that uh, I I think that there there are a lot of commonalities, uh, and and this this doesn't extend to just uh, software development, right? Uh, this is mm-hmm. about um, sort of the develop being an engineer or just that that problem solving mindset is a is a piece that you see across uh, the gamut of of industries. However, one thing I will say is that there, I do think like you kind of mentioned up you're talking about a little bit culture and like are you a good culture fit? I think there are distinct cultures inside of uh, software development. Uh, whereas like I I have about a year and a half experience of a- in aerospace engineering. And so when you work when you're when you're in that industry, the the amount of seriousness that sort of takes that that is that people do their jobs, you know, with um, is very different than the amount of you know the way the way that people sort of think and approach the code that they're generating and they're writing. Uh, I, I don't know if I if I said hey I need to go double check my calculations or my figures, no one's going to like ask me hey but are we paying for that or are we billing for that or like. Where, where's the budget? But if I go, hey, I'd like to test my code or I'd like to write some unit tests here. Like, oh, I don't I don't think we have I don't think we have, uh, you know, you know, budget for that. And that, you know, this, so there, there's a huge different there's a difference in the in the, the sort of seriousness. Um, you know, you have things like professional engineers um, and organizations, um, people that sort of uh, that, that provide certification to certify that, hey, yeah, every concern and idea was was taken care of was thought through and we can validate that these designs are going to be as safe as as we can expect them to be um so we can put people's lives in danger and i don't know there i think that's sort of what we what the good companies that have good cultures are looking for people that have that take on that responsibility take on that ownership take on that like passion for learning passion for doing things right um but then I think the, there's obviously the other com- companies and the other cultures that are just, you know, they're they're saying they're saying that because that's what the that's what the good companies are saying, right? And you kind of get this this two different worlds, um, and so that's where, sort of a, I think where the commonality rise and and some of the differences between um, software development software development company cultures and then just engineering in general. Right. Yeah. I. I totally relate to that. You know, one of the weird things about being like sort of asking these questions on a podcast is like all the answers come back, you know, super inspirational and like amazing leadership stuff. And wow, you know, like, and I, I walk away being like, wow, I'd really like to work with that company. And I've done like 150 of them. And I'm just sort of like, okay, is this like, 
you know, when you post like awesome pictures of your family on Facebook, <laughs> but in, in reality, you know, it's just really not like that. I don't know. So, you know, I, I'm sure you have the same experience, right? That like everything is this passionate, amazing story. And, uh, you know, there's not a lot of dirty laundry. I'll, I'll kick it to you, Clayton. You know, where, where have you seen the differences between like the amazing Pollyanna world of what our interviewees tell us versus the real world? You know, it's just, it's just not all like that. <laughs> Well, you, you picked the right cynic to uh, ask that particular portion of the question, too. Yeah, I picked that up from the, the intros, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, when it, when it comes down to it, every company wants the best individuals that they can get to work for them, and every individual wants the best company they can get to work for, uh, which, which means a lot of people are just lying. <laughs> like... <laughs> Somewhere, I'm sure they, they believe it, right? Like uh, the, the person writing up the job request or the person uh, writing up the resume, you know, they believe that they're this, this ninja coder and they can do all these amazing things and they're super passionate and they're excellent at their job and, you know, the list goes on. And the company believes that they have, they have a great company culture and everybody loves working there and they've got, you know, just the, it's the best place to ever work. But um, no company and no individual will ever measure up to what's being written down about these places. At least I don't, I don't feel like that's the case. Uh, it seems to me that um, you have to pick the company that you want to work for because you're interested in the problems that they're solving, not, not because they've, they've got a pool table and a ping pong table and an and a Xbox 360 like none of that matters. In fact, um, a lot of the places I've worked that do have those things, it's it's because the rest of the job wasn't much fun, and so they had to like placate the developers by adding those things in. Um, and when you're hiring somebody, you know you, you want somebody who's passionate and who's who goes out of their way to learn new technologies and keeps up with things. But it's it's really difficult to um, to find those. So really what you need is like you said earlier a, a problem solver so you you give them a few problems to solve see if they can actually solve the problems and um someone who knows the basics of the language that you need to program in um 90 again this is in my experience my opinion 90 plus percent of the developers out there um are kind of scraping by like they know enough to develop at a mediocre company to get by. And then the 10% are really excelling and leaving the rest of those people in the dust. And um, it's really not hard to be in the 10%. I mean, can you write a for loop? You're in the 10%. <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> a, a lot of, I mean, there's a, there's a very small amount that separates, you know, the large majority of of the the masses from the the really excellent employees or companies that you may want to work with or work for um it's it's just coming up with whatever your measurement is to to separate those out um Yeah, Callaway, give us give us measurements, man. You know, you strike me as the sort of glass half full guy here in this 
in this crew. I'm not now, Ash. I'm still not sure what to do with you, man. But uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I try to be. I mean, I've, I've worked with Clayton at a couple of different companies and, and on a couple of different side projects, and and we wrote a book together. So I'm I'm very well aware of his uh, pessimism. So so I, I like to play with that a little bit and, and get him on a rant from time to time. For a, I think it makes for an excellent <laughs> podcast episode. <laughs> You, you've got to have your resident right, ranter. Right. Yeah, but, uh, you know, the other side of that is that sometimes I need to pull him back in into the positive side of things. Um, you know, I've, I've worked for a number of different companies in a number of different industries and, you know, anything from small six-person startup to, you know, Fortune 100. Um, so I, I've worked with a variety of individuals and there's there's talent all over the place. But, you know... For for whatever reason, there 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 are people that uh, are are the super passionate and and the go getters and the high performers. There are the talented, but um, you know uh, otherwise engaged in in other activities. So they'll they'll come in do a great job and then go home for the day and and not not think about work for the rest of the day. Um, then there are the others that that come in do a job and may or may not be performing up up to standard. Um, but you know, like like you alluded to, that's that's kind of common across all industries and all professions. Mm-hmm. I, I was walking through a cube farm uh, last week and realizing that that I don't really know what it is people that aren't in software do day to day, right? Like I, <laughs> they don't know what you do either, <laughs> and, and that's fair. That's fair. Um, you know, but I've only ever done software vocationally, other than you know fast food in in high school, so. I don't know what would make up someone's day. So it sometimes in, in order to get into that person's mindset, if, if I'm trying to solve a problem for them or trying to make their job easier to do and trying to implement some new feature, it's, it's, it's difficult to find the way to communicate with those individuals. And I, I think that's common across all developers, right? Yeah. Oh, it happens to everybody. I mean, it, and I think we talked about this maybe when I was on, on your show, but you know, like when I left engineering or development to, you know, go to the business dark side, you know, it's back in like 2007. I mean, I loved writing code, you know, it was awesome, but we could still get away with, you know, sort of being the developers in the basement with the lights off and like a bunch of glowing heads, you know, sitting behind terminals. I mean, you never left there to go talk to the user or the customer, you know, some project manager who you didn't really like, you know, wrote up a bunch of specs and you were just supposed to do stuff. And the, the users were, I mean, like, I even worked in places where the users were like, invariably, whatever they asked for, like, they were so dumb. And, and you know, that you would, oh, the users screw everything up. And, and <laughs> this when I started to realize, like, it was like, you know, these people are out there, I don't know, they're trying to sell stuff. Like, shouldn't we ask what the customer wants? You know, and then... <laughs> Finally, mean startup and things like that started to come out. Like, well, look, you know, this is what this is what we're talking about. But I even go back online and I look, and some people are still working at those companies that I that I worked at, and like, like literally nothing has evolved in, in fifteen years. And, and I'm wondering if it's still like the dark basement where there's there's no practices there. Um, so let me segue because you know you're talking to you know tens of thousands of, of freelancers here and you you are all of the professional freelancer set people that that we love very much so 
you know, I, I'm curious, best tips for the audience from, from each of you on, you know, just making your own way and, and being your own freelance developer. I mean, you know, it's, there's a lot of work there. There's a lot of like best practices and things that will go into, you know, keeping, keeping the checks coming in. So I'll, I'll go around again, Ash, uh, give me your uh, ideas. Yeah. So, so first I'll, I'll point out with uh, the technical difficulties that we're play that we're dealing with, uh, uh, it feels a bit like, what is that? That like m- newlywed game that you play with, like where <laughs> you like, you only hear like one person's answer and you have to like guess what the other, <laughs> so between me and Clayton, I, but I can kind of yeah, almost we- know exactly what he, what he said there. Um, <clears throat> As far as the freelancing, uh, so I am I am not totally a full free, free, freelancer. I, I actually do consulting work with a firm. So mm-hmm. um, so for me and where I'm at in my my career, I have found that um, I just for my family I need that stability mm-hmm. to have have someone. But it is definitely an area that I said I I want to look look further in. But I think I think that um, for people that aren't quite there yet i think that consulting is a really great place to to take that first step um it you know f- you you can find a you can find good firms out there uh the the one that i have that i'm working with um is an excellent one so i won't give them free advertisement but you can easily figure that out um but uh but yeah no they they you, you know places there there are places that care about your growth that see you as the asset um and can build and invest into you and allow you to sort of your career to blossom. Uh, you don't just have to become another number and cog in this in their system. You can't. You don't have to just become the sort of resource, as, as you might say, that yeah, they no like doubt. they load some in, in in some company, and the only time you hear from them is when they're getting a paycheck, right? So uh, they're they are out there. They're available. So <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it's it, it that is a, a space that I also worked in. And, you know, I can totally agree that, you know, it's if, if you are in the place of, you know, financial need or, you know, just you don't want to take on all the risk of doing your own business development, all those things, a consulting company is a great way to do it. Obviously, model like ours where, you know, we're going to be able to bring people gigs, um, but but you're not on salary. So you're a little bit farther down the risk threshold. And then there's like this, you know, I'm a solo. I bring in all my own gigs. I do all my own stuff. And somewhere on that spectrum, I think, is something you know, that fits everybody. Uh, Clayton, what's, what's your story as a, as a freelancer and, you know, just tips that you've come up with and what works for you? Uh, well, due to the, um, ever present, uh, complication of marketing and sales, um, I've only done, uh, just a little bit of freelancing and I'm, I'm working on getting more into it. Uh, if only there were a company that could help with the marketing and sales portion. I know guys that do that. (laughs) (laughs) But um, like you really have to be on your sales and marketing game if you're going to go at that part alone. Yeah. Um, Outside of that, I think you've got to set your own personal limits. Um, I believe very strongly in professionalism and um, not every company that wants to hire you is going to believe as strongly as you might in a thing. Uh, with, even if your thing isn't professionalism, if it's something else. Uh, so you have to set your personal boundaries on how much you will bend. And at what point you're just going to say, no, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't do that. That's a line I will not cross. 
um, mm-hmm. that will cost you some business. But if you do it yeah. correctly, then you can actually create a good rapport with that individual or that company and uh, the other companies that you work with because they know that you have a certain standard that you won't go below. And um, in the end, I think that you will you will make more money because of the standard that you will have created for yourself. Uh, you know, always bending or, or doing whatever the client asks uh, will usually end you up with the lowest paying client and and probably not leave you very happy. Yeah, we did a I did a really neat episode with uh, Liz Fong Jones about exactly that and like being selective on, you know, who you work with and setting your own ethical standards, you know, was, was a big deal for her. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that makes makes a lot of sense. And you want to be known, uh, talk about sales and marketing, front, you want to be known as something. You don't just want to be a cog pusher. And if your something is he's the most professional guy we ever worked with, and I know like he's going to shoot us straight, then then you lean into that. And I think that that is critically important. And there's certain projects where that is outstanding for, and it is really, you know, really necessary. Uh, Callaway, what's What's your story? You, so you get the benefit of listening to everybody else talk. Yeah, yep. so you, you totally win the newlywed yep, game. Yep. Um, yeah, I would say you know I'll, always be learning, always be improving. Uh, my my bookshelf is absolutely overflowing with uh, technical books, with uh, self improvement books, with uh, sales and marketing type books. Because because you know like you you mentioned earlier, I used to be uh, those that that developer in the basement uh, afraid of light drinking Mountain Dew and eating Cheetos, right? It, and speaking to other individuals uh, is, is often and, and continues to be painful at times. Uh, every, every personality test I take has me a 100% introvert. So working past that and working through that is, is something that's always on my mind. Um, I would say, you know, go out and network, make connections. Uh, we had a, a guest on our podcast mentioned that, you know, you're, you're in this industry 25 more years. So you're going to see the same individuals that are going out to the networking events, to the meetups, to, to the conferences. Uh, Clayton and I started a, a .NET user group, uh, .NET meetup in St. Petersburg, Florida, when, when we moved down here. And that's you know been fantastic for, for meeting and growing the community here. Um, mm-hmm. I was, I was uh, recently contacted by what, what ended up being a, a client, um, by an internal salesperson that I had worked with previously. And I was, I was in a, a meeting and came out to a missed phone call, a missed voicemail, a missed text message, and a missed LinkedIn communication all from the salesperson looking to, to bring me on for a particular project because I, I had known him previously and had developed a reputation for doing good work. So you want to be that person that when, when a project comes up, you want them to, to go to no one but you. You're the first name that they come up with. Absolutely. Yeah, we tell people that all the time, you know, and, and work that LinkedIn profile. You know, it's not just where recruiters are going to bomb you with totally irrelevant messages. You know, a lot of I can't say that when we have to get out and help people do the sales and marketing, it's just a natural way to promote, you know, um, your skills and, and experiences. But you don't just write, you know, that you're a .NET developer. You write about like your experiences, the value that you brought, um, some of the things that you did. You know, try to to tell a story through that, 
And then the second one always, you know, people are talking about is, is you know, get your repos up to date, show some real legit projects, contributions to open source, you know, things of that nature, you know, can make a huge difference. Because um, you're right, you know, it's, you're only going to stand out on, I mean, you stand on your code a little bit, but you're really only going to stand out on like those 80% other things, soft skills and experiences and who you know and all that stuff. Um, so, I mean, great points, guys. So, okay, Six Figure Developer Podcast. Uh, John, give us the pitch. So I want to make sure that everybody cues it yeah, up. Yeah, so you can find us on sixfiguredev.com. That's the number six, figuredev.com. We're on Twitter as well. Uh, hit us up. We're approaching episode number 100, talking about new and exciting technologies and clean code, career advancement, and the whole the whole shebang. It's really cool to have you guys on, and we look forward to uh, continuing the networking. Yeah, yeah. all right. Thanks so much. Thanks for having us. Thank Thank you. you. Thanks for listening to the Frontier Podcast produced by Gun.io. We're the only freelancing platform where engineers actually go to hire other engineers. If you enjoyed the show and want to learn more about how to hire or freelance with us, head over to gun.io slash podcast to get in touch and we'll pay for your first 10 hours with a kick-ass engineer. Thanks for listening to the Frontier Podcast, produced by Gun.io. We're the only freelancing platform where engineers actually go to hire other engineers. If you want to learn more about how to hire or freelance with us, head over to Gun.io and get in touch. Let us know you heard the podcast, and we'll pay for your first 10 hours with a kick-ass engineer.